Welcome back to another week of the South Fork Audio Experience. This is the sermon for October the 13th. Now, in today's sermon, you're going to hear one of our pastors, Brandon McDowell, speak about John and what exactly was going on in that book when it comes to seeing Jesus interacting uh, in ways with people where he addressed what it looks like to actually bear the fruit of the Spirit. And so it's our hope that this encourages you today in your faith. Please forgive uh, some of the poor audio quality. That's completely my bad. But I think you're going to enjoy it and benefit from it nonetheless. We'll see you on the other side. Out to uh, what I would guess is the Garden of Gethsemane. All right, so in that, uh, it doesn't say this in chapter 15, and it's not exactly important uh, where he is as it is what he is saying. Okay, the 11 guys that he's speaking to are ones that he chose that has walked with him from the get go, has done the ministry with him, and now he's teaching. This is the seventh time uh, that in the Gospel of John. Uh, he's teaching about the I am statement. If you're not familiar with the I am, the I am statement, uh, you probably heard about the burning bush when Moses, God comes to Moses in the form of a burning, bro- a burning bush, and uh, he's telling Moses to go back, save his people, all right, get, get his people out of captivity. Uh, and it's in this where Moses says, well, if they ask me who sent me, what, who, what am I supposed to tell them? And he says, tell them the I am sent you. I am the I am. And these I am statements that Jesus was referring to and not only proves uh, to, to the other people that that's who God is sending, that he is the chosen Messiah, that he is God. That's exactly what he's saying. He has said it now seven times in the Gospel of John. And in this, wow, somebody took a bite out of that. That's funny. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sidetrack. Um, in this, the I am statement, what, what the beautiful picture is, is that Jesus is teaching this. Okay, and when he teaches this, most of the time it's to the religious leaders. And it causes so much fury, so much anger, that they, they say Jesus is blasphemy. But what Jesus is trying to do is tell them that he is God. He is the chosen one that was sent to them. Alright, and now that he's talking to the eleven in the garden, this is the last time that he teaches this. So if you will, stand with me. John chapter 15, we'll read verses 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the word that I have spoken is in you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, He is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be with you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Father God, some very deep truths, some very uh, bold statements there. And as we cover this today, God, I just ask that you, you send your spirit in this place, that you open the ears, open the eyes of every man, woman in this, in this place today. Lord, help us to hear your truth, your words, not mine. Father, help me to stay away from these notes. According to what you have uh, spoken to me over the past couple weeks, and that your glory will be known throughout the earth. We love you and praise you. It's your name. Amen. As we start, uh, verse 1, it's, it's very, very point blank. Uh, we see who he's talking about, who he's talking to. He says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. My Father is the vine dresser. So God is the vine dresser. Uh, he is the one that will place judgment on our soul. One day we will stand in front of him. We will give an account for every word, every action that we've done. And he will either say, well done, good and faithful servant. Or he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. It's up to God uh, to place the righteous judgment on our lives. Nobody else, only God. All right. It's God who decides, but we have a choice. It's, us, it's up to us to make a choice. All right, Jesus is the vine. Uh, it's only by the blood of Christ that any of us are good enough uh, to enter into his kingdom. And it's only by uh, the blood of Christ uh, that we have hope, we have faith. And so uh, that's where we find. Through his word, we hear about the truth. It's through that that we have faith. And lastly, you're going to see in verse 2 uh, that we humans are the branches. All right. We are the branches. So the title of this sermon today is To Be or Not To Be from Hamlet. All right. So um, I found it uh, quite ironic. Uh, I can't tell you the full story of how I come up with that. But uh, it was it was constant. It was constant. Everything I read, it was either you are or you're not. You're either in Christ or you're not. You're either a Christian or you're not. You're either producing fruit or you're not. All right. The Bible often talks about light and dark. You're either in the light, you're in the dark. It's either white, it's, it's, it's either black. There's not a lot of gray, okay? I was talking to a guy a few weeks ago, and his question was, if God uh, hates sin so much, yet loves this sinner, how, how is there no gray there? 
How's there no greater? How, how can God love somebody so much, but they're so indelt in, in sin that, that he loves them anyways? It seems like there's a bit of gray there. And I just kind of, I didn't know how to answer this question without kind of getting really confrontational, but I said, you know what? We, we are not labeled by the sin that is in our lives if we're in Christ. One thing is for sure that uh, so many times we want, we want to put identities on people, especially us as Christians. You know, we, we want to act like God can't change somebody or, you know, we, we can pick on certain groups like uh, homosexuals. We, we want to label them as homosexuals, that they're not worthy of God and that they deserve hell or drunkards or murderers or adulterers. You know, we want to pick out these big sins and we want to label people by them. But the truth is that if we're in Christ, that label doesn't stand. Our identity is in him because our sin is on him, on the cross. That's the reality. And so to be or not to be, this, this whole question, this whole thing today is for you. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you thinking about, oh, yeah, that person's tree's all jacked up. There's no fruit. Oh, yeah, he's cut off. I don't want you to think about other people's tree today, all right, because that's going to be the illustration that we use. I want you to think about your branches. What, what fruit are you producing? All right. So this is a, a magnolia tree, all right. And at first I was going to say that there's, there's no fruit from a magnolia tree, but I actually did some. There's a couple of strands that put off berries that you can eat, but for the most part, they just put off a huge white flower and some awesome smells. All right, that's, that's the gist of the magnolia tree. Uh, what you see over here is a bunch of dead limbs, all right? They're not attached to any vine. There's no life in them. They're dead, all right? This side, you get the bear, the bear stick, all right? But that's the illustration that we're going to be going with this morning. And as I talk about this, I want you guys to picture your life as a tree, something that's alive, something that's growing, all right? So we either produce fruit or we don't. But today we're going to talk about what it means to abide in Him and how do we produce fruit. So, uh, verse 2, uh, the first part, I broke verse 2 up into two parts. Those who are not in Christ, and then we'll, we'll look at those who do produce fruit. So, the first part is, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Well, what does that mean? We can read on, uh, verse 6 says this, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown to the fire to be burned. So what is that talking about? That's talking about our life. When, when we stand in front of God in judgment at the end of in the times, that's going to be the judgment for those that aren't in Christ. There's no fruit. And what is he going to do? He's going to make a righteous judgment because he's a righteous God. And he's going to pass judgment on you, and he's going to say, depart from me, for I don't know you. Cut off, thrown into the fire. It's talking about hell. All right? It's talking about hell. There's no medium. It's heaven or hell. So, the question is then, what is sin? Because I think we come, to, we come to church a whole lot of times, and we hear these, these little phrases and these little words, and we're not even real sure what it is. But what is sin? Sin is anything that goes against uh, God's command. We're separated from God. That's what sin does. It separates us from it. So thank Grand Canyon. God's on one side. You're on the other way. There's no other way to get through. It's only by the blood of Christ. 
the I am. He was sent to make that bridge and make that way, that connection, so that you could come back to God. So what's it talking about? No fruit. No fruit means that we, we aren't in the vine. There's no way that anything can grow from us because we're not in the vine. Verse 4 talks about that, right? Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. There's no way that this stick can form root and start growing again. It's cut off. It's dead. There's no way that these over here, they have leaves. There's no, there's no way. They're dead. So what causes sin? What causes this sin in our life? I love this verse. from. This is from 1 John chapter 2. Verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the things that cause sin. It's selfish desires. It's what's in our heart. It's the true motives of why we do the things that we do. It's why we chase after the things that we chase. It's why we devote our time to the things that we do. Desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's what we want. It's what we are focused on, not what God wants. When we do what we want, we're not focused on abiding in Christ. We're abiding in ourselves. We're abiding in our own fleshly desires. I made a list of uh, a sin. And I want to talk about it today because I think a lot of the times, um, I, t- I always talk about this in sermons. Uh, it's, it's a song by Casting Crowns. It's called Slow Fade. And the way this song goes is it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white turn to gray. Thoughts invade. Choices are made. Right? It's a slow fade. It happens so slow that we don't see it. And there's so many things in each one of our lives, if we're being honest this morning, each one of our lives, there's so many things going on. It's slow fading us out into the gray area, away from God. We're not abiding in his word. We're not abiding in the true vine. Therefore, fruit is not being produced. Uh, The first one is lying. Adding or taking away from a true story. So maybe you go fishing, you catch a fish, and it's like this big, right? You're stretching the truth just a little bit, right? And it may not be just fish stories. It may be fun stuff. It may, it may be uh, like we beat this team by 42 runs. I don't know. However you exaggerate, exaggerate the truth in any way, it's a lie. Why, why is it so bad? Well, I mean, what's so bad with telling the whole truth? Why do you have to polish it enough to make it sound better? It's a sinful desire that's in our life. Gossip. That's a big one. Gossip, telling uh, stories of others, spreading rumors about someone. If you are not, uh, if you're not trying to fix the situation, if you're not um, an answer to a situation, you don't need to be talking about it. It's gossip. You're just spreading deceit from the people that's involved. All right? Being mean, not liking someone. Being mean, I said, not treating others the way you want to be treated. Not liking someone, like there's a lot of people in this world that get on my nerves. All right? It just it is. There's sinful desires in there, right? And, and it causes me to not treat them the, the way that I want to be treated. But it's not, we don't look at it as, hey, it's on me. We look at it as, hey, that guy's a goober, right? What about sarcastic remarks? I'm, I'm so good at sarcasm. Ooh, I'm good at sarcasm. 
right, I wrote this up. Being the ladle that stirs the pot. There's a lot of good ones in here. I want to point y'all out, but y'all do a good job at this. Man, you stir the pot well, right? Smack talking. There's a lot of smack talkers in it. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. All right. I love talking smack. I love stirring the pot. But honestly, like, sarcasm is pride. Sarcasm is pride. And when that pride comes in, it produces things in our life that it doesn't appear like fruit to other people. A lot of time it causes bitterness. It causes anger. All right? So pride, maybe thinking that you're better or you're more worthy of something than someone else. A lot of time that's what pride is. It causes jealousy. Uh, anger. Nothing good comes out of anger. That's, that's for sure. Uh, but when we don't get our way or we throw little fits, this is me on a daily, especially at work. When things don't go my way, I get so mad. So like last Sunday, uh, Zach, we were sitting at family dinner, and Zach's like, yeah, man, one of my guys come down to talk to you, but he said you looked a little bit upset, so he kind of walked away. When things don't go my way, I get, I get like frustrated, right? I watched a guy, this, this is this fine, I can't tell you when, because you'll figure out who it was, but he's putting a ladder up, and there's just this little bitty offset, it's an extension ladder, and it's like rocking on him. Well, he just takes the thing, and he just starts beating up against the wall. I'm like, man, you're a psychopath. Like, seriously, chill out. Let's, let's tie it off. Let's be safe. But when things don't go our way, it causes anger, right? <coughs> and it doesn't produce fruit. Uh, selfishness. Another big one for me. Like, so many times, I put other things, especially in front of my wife and kids, I'm very selfish. And, like, I've been convicted. Like, all of these things, these are mine. I haven't even got to y'all's yet, okay? <laughs> these are mine. All right? But it's so true. And like as I sit back and I'm reflecting on these things, like I just have to, it, it kind of gets me heartbroken a little bit. Like, this is who I am. Like, these are the things that I need to fix. There's more things like jealousy, dirty jokes, language. Like, those are big things. And we don't think of them as a big deal. We think a dirty joke is funny. Right? Or we don't watch our language. A lot of times the anger comes out, language comes out. Out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One of my favorite uh, verses that I, I clung to for years to clean up my talk, clean up my, the way, like, I, I was filthy. Like, Morse code is how I talk. All right? But seriously, Ephesians 5, 4 says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking come out of your mouth. And that was a verse that I lived by to try to prune that out of my life to produce good fruit. Lust, fornication. We live in a day and time where uh, kids have relations because it's the thing to do. It's a cool thing to do. It means nothing. It's a one-night stand. That's not what the Bible says. Even lust, even thinking about uh, a, someone in your mind, hating them in your heart, that's murder. Lusting over somebody in your mind is adultery. It's what Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 5. Drunkenness. And how easy is it to go out and just throw some down? Not think nothing about it. It's what everybody does. It's the way of the world. But the, but the problem is, it's not abiding in Christ. We don't, we don't do these things when we abide in Christ. We don't do these things when we're focused in on what He wants, when we're living through the true vine. All of these things are causing us to be separated from God and we don't even see a problem with it. 
We're not looking at the end goal. We're not looking at heaven. We're not looking at the people around us to, to tell them about Christ and to get them there. We're the only Bible that some people will ever get to read. Do you get that? There's people that are looking at your life and trying to see the Bible. What are you putting up on? We're living for a temporary lifestyle, and it's causing an eternal problem for us and for those around us. Second part of verse 2. It says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will produce more fruit. So what does this, uh, this cutting and pruning process look like? All right, a lot of people uh, ask the question. Uh, I actually went uh, to Hinton's Orchard yesterday. It's where I got these beautiful Granny Smiths that somebody took a huge bite out of. You're welcome to have the rest if you like. Um, but I went there and I was asking Jeremy. Jeremy's the guy that, that runs Hinton's Orchard. I said, man, how do you, how do you know which uh, branch to prune? Like, how do you even go about it? He says, well, you just got to look at the tree, you know, like for an apple tree. He says, anything that grows up and down, he said, we cut off just because it takes up too much space. You know, we want branches going out, but then we also have to think about how much sunlight is coming in. You know, if you have an apple that's green on one side and red on the other, it's probably getting a, an adequate amount of sunlight. He says, so we have to take that into consideration. We prune off what's good, so it produces more. I was like, I'm going to use that. Thank you. So, um, we can go back to the tree, though. You think about the pruning process. Um, any plant, really, when nutrients are going to a certain part of the tree and it's producing fruit, the nutrients are also going to other parts of the trees that aren't producing fruit. So, it's growing all over, but you're only seeing fruit in one area. So, what that pruning process looks like is when you're really good at something, like, let's prune back some of the other stuff that's not producing fruit so we can produce more fruit in this area. Right? That's exactly what Jeremy said. So, shout out to Jeremy. And then some really good pumpkin pie ice cream. Just so you can check that out. So, also, there's a limit for how many nutrients that we can take in. Right? There just really is. Um, the same way there was a dry season this year. Like, there's six or eight weeks without rain. Like, I'm pretty sure that's going to, um, like, produce lower yielding crop. Right? Like, it just makes sense. If you don't have a whole lot of rain, it can't get a whole lot of growth. There's only so many nutrients that you can take in. So if you sit down at one sitting and you go to a Chinese buffet and you're smashing on egg rolls and General Cho's chicken and orange chicken, there's only so much you can eat before you're going to throw up. There's only so much that nutrients that you can take in before it's no good for you anymore. It's in that time, it's in that time where we have to allow God to let us grow. Alright, we put our nutrients in, we grow. We prune, we grow some more. Alright? Unless you're watering daily, fertilizing properly, or taking in the proper preventatives for disease and pest damage, unless you're taking in these proper, properly, you're limited. And even then, you're still limited. Sometimes we've got to think about growing and so we, we get this idea that we want to grow. We want to grow, 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 grow. As a Christian, we want to grow, 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 grow. And we can sit here and we can read the whole entire Bible in one city. But we haven't allowed God to grow us in it. We have a lot of nutrients. We have a lot of stuff coming in. But we haven't grown in that. It takes time. All right? 
We're so quick um, to pick up new friends. We're quick to pick up new hobbies and really good things. Things that fill our day, things that cause a lot of happiness. There comes a times where uh, we get so involved that we're not producing fruit. That's just reality. So many things in our life, all it does is take up time. Good things. Good things. And I'll get to some of them in a minute, but I want you to think about the tree that's growing. Every single one of us is a tree, right? Let's say this is an apple tree, for instance. And this apple tree grows so big, and it's not producing any fruit. What good is it? It's not serving its purpose. All it's good for is casting shade, right? I think about the guys in Africa. They have these huge mango trees, and they got big, broad leaves, and it casts a lot of shade. That's what they hang out under. It keeps them from the, from the heat, keeps them from uh, the hot sun, the scorching them, right? But I want you to think about this. Is that, is that not exactly how Satan works in our life? He allows us to take all these nutri nutrients in. He allows us to grow. We get big. We get, like, really big. But there's no fruit on our trees. All, all we are is that out, outer appearance of a big tree. But what God is trying to do is he wants us to abide in him so that he can produce fruit in us. Meanwhile... Satan is in your shade-filled tree, and he wants you to feel comfortable. He wants you to stay in that shade, stay comfortable. Let that cool breeze blow right through the leaves and hit you. Stay cool, stay comfortable, don't move, don't grow fruit. That's exactly what Satan does. What's the point of camouflage? What is it? To not be seen, to blend in. Is that not the exact picture of how Satan lives in our life? He's in everything that causes us to be busy. He's in everything that causes us not to be fruitful. He's good at his job. He's deceitful. We, we see Satan as this like evil guy with horns and a pitchfork, and that's just not who he is. He's a pretty handsome dude. All right, He's pretty dang good at his job. He wants us to stay unfruitful. He wants us to stay busy. But the nutrients that we are putting in, it isn't, it isn't yielding any fruit. It's just taking up our time, it's taking up our energy, and it's taking up our resources. Now we have to be careful when we think about God and how God prunes, alright? Because we never know what God is really up to. And I'm a, I'm a really firm believer. There's going to be times where God... Uh, maybe removes a friend from you. Maybe removes a relationship from you. He might re remove some of your hobbies. That's the way he prunes. But we have to be really, really cautious because we do a lot of stupid stuff. We do. And a lot of times we want to blame God for our stupidity. But God is a good God. And even when we have evil that comes on us and we make a lot of really dumb decisions, he's usually there to clean it up and, and make the best uh, scenario for us in the end. I made a list of things uh, when we talk about pruning. I think it's really important that we do this. And I want you to think about this, seriously. 
Uh, husband and wives, I want you to sit down. I want you to make it time where you can talk about things that you need to prune. All right? Maybe brothers, sisters in here. Maybe it's a good time for you guys to talk about where you guys need to prune. Maybe you're young. You know, maybe some of you younger guys, y'all want to go to your parents or go to go to me. I'll, I'll talk to you. I would like to tell you all kinds of stuff you need to change. Hmm? All right? No, but seriously, I can joke about that, but in all honesty, we all have a ton of things. Number one is our friends. What friends are you hanging out with? What friends are you around all the time that really produce fruit for you? Good fruit. I'm talking about fruit that abides in the vine. What type of friends do you have? Because usually you are who you're around. All right? This is a big one. Don't tune me out when I say it. Everybody, pick up your phone. Wave it in the air like you just don't care. Don't act like you wasn't on it before. Listen to me. These phones can be a great tool. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're the devil and that they're not good for nothing. There's a lot of good that comes out of these phones and social media. But there's also a whole, whole lot of time that we waste on. Like Jonathan talked about having four hours. His screen time was four hours last week. He's like, you know, I don't really know if that, that's a lot, Jonathan. Yeah, it is. But where are you guys at? Maybe you're on two or three. Maybe you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're at an average. But how many of those two or three hours are you actually being productive? Are you actually producing fruit? Because I know how it is with me. If I get on Facebook and I'm just scrolling, next thing I know, an hour's gone by. And I'm like, what? All right. But guess what? Especially some of you moms in here. I'm not calling out names. I'm just saying some of you moms. Maybe some of you dads. Your kids are watching that. And what do you think is going to be the, the actions that they see? The actions that they're going to want to do, what they think is normal. Family dinners don't exist. Husband's wife laying in bed in a blue glow. They don't even talk to each other anymore. Marriages suffer because of these things. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not just throwing it out there. What needs to be pruned? How can you do it? How can you take down the hours? Sports? Video games? Like the list goes on. Volunteering, kids activities, hanging with friends, work, serving. Some of these are really good things. Some of these really produce fruit. Like church league sports. I love church league sports. There's a lot of fruit coming out there. But is it fruitful for me? Like, how am I producing fruit in church league sports? Am I just out there hanging out with my friends? If it is, I need to clean it back. All right? Serving. Some of you guys are in church or you're serving so much that you're not producing any fruit. You need to find the areas where you're producing fruit and you need to prune the rest of it back. Pray about it. Allow God to change your heart in it. You don't have to be active all the time. Some of you guys need to get eight hours of sleep. Your face showing. All right? Looking over at my boys again. Staying up all night. Some of you just need to get sleep. Some of you need to get up in the morning and get in the Word. That's what produces fruit. What is necessary for your spiritual growth? I'm serious. You need to go home and talk about it. Because sitting up here listening to me ain't going to change your heart about it. You need to sit down and get a game plan together. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, how can I produce fruit in my life? 
How can I do it? If I'm a Christian, how can I produce fruit in my life? Verse 4. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We have to abide in Christ. Well, what does that mean? How do I abide in the vine then? Number one is the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you. 100%. It's God who will change your heart. It's God that will transform your heart. No other work can happen. You can come listen to a sermon all day long. If God's not in it, you're not going to get nothing from it. I, like, I seriously changed this sermon so many times. That's why you ain't got no sermon insert. I'm serious. I want it to be so good. I want it to be so powerful. Like, I seriously want tears and snot on this on these stairs when I walk every single Sunday. It's, it's just my heart. I don't want anybody to perish and go to hell. That's why I stay in youth ministry. Like, there's times where I get burnt out in youth ministry. I'm just, I'm searching. How can I make it better? How can I make it better? But it's God who does it. And if it's not through Him, we're just wasting our time. We have to learn how to have faith. We need to learn how to trust in Him. Romans 8, 6 says, Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Next is reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Oh, man. For 20-some years, I claimed to be a Christian. I never read my Bible. And like, oh, man. This past Thursday was nine years. Nine years that God changed my life. October 10th. It's then when I started reading the Bible. It's then when I formed a relationship with Christ. And ever since then, I'm not going to say I sit and read the Bible every single day. I'm not that holy. I'm not that good. But I try. Because I know that's where life is. I know that's where peace is. I know that's where hope is. I know that's what's going to produce fruit in my life. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out for, by God and is profitable for teaching, correction, and training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It is God that judges the heart, and it is the word that convicts the heart. This book is where we hear the truth of God. It's how we know who he is. It's how we know how he works. It's only through this book. It's what gives us hope. Next is prayer. Talking to God. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my word is in you, let's stop for a second. Abiding in him, trusting in the Holy Spirit, having his word in you, reading the Bible, the two things that we just covered. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Now, if you come down here and say you want to become a Christian because you want a Bugatti, I'm probably going to smack you with this Bible. All right? Because being a Christian changes your heart. It transforms who you are so that when you go to God, you have a thought like he has. You have uh, an intention of what he wants for you or what he thinks is best. All right? That's what you're searching for. You're not searching for riches. 
So that's why when this verse says this, ask what you wish and it will be done. It's not for your personal gain. It's for the glory of God. And when you're truly engulfed in his word and in his spirit, that's what you're going to ask for is what he wants, what he thinks is best, even if it means pruning some of the bad stuff or some of the really good stuff that you enjoy out of it. <coughs> Prayer builds our faith. Um, when we go to God with everything, it's how we worship Alright? When we cry out with praise and thanksgiving, it's through prayer. That's worship. It's how we speak of our cares. It's how we cast out our worries. And we trust that He hears and He's going to do something about it. Next is church. Church is where we come and we get this, this weekly teaching, this accountability, and it's where we confess. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Happens here. It's here where all these other things can begin as well. But the church is not a building. The church is not a building. It makes me think about the, the, uh, the very early church. They sold everything they had. And they, they give it all to one cause. And that was to the glory of God. They wasn't worried about a, a big fancy building. They was just worried about reaching other people in the midst of tragedy and persecution. They stayed together. <laughs> I'm kind of hesitant to, to say what I'm about to say, but if you come to church and it's not to worship God. And it's not to seek God out. If you're here because church makes you feel good, or you're just checking the block, or you're just here to hang out, where's the fruit at? Where's your fruit at? This may be a place where, where God changes your heart. So I'm not going to sit here and say, don't ever come back to church. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're here today and you didn't come to seek God out or come to praise His name, some pruning needs to happen. Alright? Some heart checks need to happen. Now, I, know, I know for a fact that there's a lot of people here that's been burned by the church. I went through a church split myself. It's not fun. You see a lot of bitterness. You see a lot of anger. You see a lot of sinful things of man come out. No church is perfect, and I'm not going to sit here and say that this one is, because it's not. I do believe that this is the best church around here. But the minute we take our eyes off of Christ and we stop abiding in Him, He'll take His mother down. No doubt about it. Because he cares about his glory and what's best for us. And if it, if it means pruning, don't prune. If it produces fruit in our lives. So every amount of suffering, no matter what it is, no matter what you're, you're going through, maybe you feel like there's some suffering that you're, you're having to endure right now. James says to see it as joy. Count it as joy, my brothers. When persecution comes against you, when suffering happens, count it as joy. See it as God's purpose. See it as, as God's presence. But don't blame God for your stupidity either. 
So where are you at today? You, you either are or you're not. It's, it's to be or not to be. You're either producing fruit or you're not. Maybe, maybe you're here right now and um, you're not. Like maybe you're here right now and you're not. And maybe this is you. Maybe you feel like you're cut off. You're, you're, you're just, you're dead. There's, there's no Christ in you. I was laying in bed last night. Uh, this text, I don't even know why I thought about it. Uh, it's God thing. It's the only thing I can think of. So uh, I'm going to read this. This is from Ezekiel 37. This is a vision that, that happens. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface. The valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you. And I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've been cut off. You've, you've been away from God for so long you feel like you're dead. That there's no, that there's no way. There's no way that these branches can come back to life. But there is a way that you can come back to life in Christ. It's only by the blood of God. It's the breath that he'll breathe in you that you'll become a child of his. John 15. This is what he says in verse 12. This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than someone will lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. And these things I command, so that you love one another. There's no doubt in my mind that there's people here that are Christians that are not producing fruit. No doubt in my mind that there's people here that need some pruning. No doubt in my mind that there's people here that they don't believe at all. There's no doubt. We either are or we're not. But the beautiful picture is this, that Christ laid down his life for each one of us. Each one of us. That we will go out and we will love So what are you going to do today? Are you going to, are you going to stay here and you're going to listen uh, to sermon after sermon and never try to change, never try to look for pruning, never try to produce fruit? Or are you going to stay quiet and remain underneath your shade tree as the cool breeze goes by and you're being comfortable? I love this text. I really do. And as hard as it is to hear some of this stuff, as hard as it is to hear some truths, 
Sometimes we just need to swallow it and go on. There's a season. There's a season ahead. It's not a season of drought. It's going to be a, a season of, of fruitfulness. All right? So if you're here today, you're not involved in church, you're not involved in the Word, you need to get there. You need to get accountability around you. All right? You've heard the truth. You've heard that the I am, the same God of the Old Testament that, that came to save his people is the same God that's going to save you today. The I am. It's up to you to believe that. It's up to you to search that. It's up to you to seek him out. There's people here that want to help you, that love you. But what needs to go? What needs to be, what needs to be pruned out? Father God, I'm so thankful. Lord, for the work that you've done in me nine years ago, Lord, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the, the fruit that uh, you have produced in me. And Lord, I'm sorry for the drought, for the season where I didn't buy I'm sorry for the for the countless amount of sin that the little things that I don't think matter, but but they do. God help me uh, to be iron that shocks trouble and iron. Lord, help, help me to rely on your Holy Spirit. Help me to, to just trust and, and praise your name, to have faith in you that you do the work. Lord, I love you. I praise you. Hey, it's our hope that that encouraged you today. And if it did, hey, here's two things that you can do. One, you can send this to a friend right there in the Apple iTunes podcast app, or you can give it a five-star review. That stuff helps so much. You wouldn't believe it, but it does. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.